So yesterday we had the account of uh, Jezebel and her plotting and conniving in order to get Naboth's vineyard and arranging his death. And uh, yeah, this we spoke then about the, the Jezebel spirit, the spirit of deception, the spirit of cunning. This kind of um, it's kind of with a with a sweet smile as you sow poison. It's uh, yeah, that that kind of that spirit that is 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 very alive and well these days. Uh, so the interesting thing about this, though, and the interesting thing about those who appear strong, and we've, we've spoken about this before, that often evil has a tendency to appear very, very powerful. And it's kind of, it's typical of evil to show itself as powerful, loud, boisterous, in your face, foreboding, lots of kind of grunt, lots of piercings and tattoos and I'm going to kill you, you know, kind of lots of, like evil always looks an awful lot more than, than it is in reality, but it, it always looks, it's always impressive. It's always, you know, big and boisterous. When we elevate the host during Mass, what do we say? Behold the Lamb of God. The complete opposite to boisterousness and, and piercings and grunting and tattoos and anger. The complete opposite. Behold the Lamb of God. So, so there's always this, 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 this tension in us, like this, kind of, this desire to have... Uh, some sort of power or security, you know what I mean? Like, no one wants to walk around the place going, hi, if anyone wants to pick on me, just, just feel free. You know what I mean? Like, no, no one, you know, if, you know, I think we all kind of have the, thankfully, the desire for, for some sort of self-preservation and, you know, that we deserve some sort of respect. So no one wants to walk around and be, hi, I'm a doormat. If anybody wants to just wipe their shoes on me, just, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, this is not in us, right? So there's, there's, there is a desire to have some sort of kind of power or recognition. And, and in, in part, that's, that's, that's good in the sense that we do have a dignity that should be recognized and respected. So that's, that's, not, that's not pride. We, but we're like, you know, no one deserves to be enslaved. No one deserves to live in fear. No one deserves to be beaten. No one does, you know, all these, these kind of awful things that can happen. No one deserves that. So that's, it's important that we have that kind of baseline as well. Uh, it's, again, it's just typical of the enemy to take something good and disorder it. So, yes, we do deserve respect. Yes, we do deserve love. Should my whole life be oriented around getting love, though? No, no, no. Then that, that becomes a disordered affection where I'll do anything in order to get love. And that's then what leads to an awful lot of sin and promiscuity and, and that. Because I'll, I'll do anything to be loved. Uh, that's, so you take something good, a good desire, the desire to be loved, and you disorder it and then, then it becomes sinful. Very typical of the enemy. So within each one of us, there's, there is this, uh, a desire for, for, for a certain amount of, 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 again, it's kind of difficult to say while balancing the thought, a certain amount of kind of power or recognition, which, which a certain amount, a, <laughs> a small amount, is, is good, all right? None of us are doormats. None of us are slaves. None of us deserve to be either of the above. Okay. Uh, the enemy then comes in and exaggerates that in order to, to make us focus only on, I have to be powerful, I have to be loved, I have to be known, I have to be rich, I have to look pretty or whatever it is. That's, 
then it becomes a disorder. So, so often though, those who do evil, and this is a very typical theme in the Psalms, especially at the beginning of the Psalms, uh, that those who do evil seem to prosper. Those who are loud and boisterous and in your face seem to get ahead. And those who are humble and a little more quiet or reserved or maybe even virtuous seem to come out with less. Now, that's, the, that's a very, very common perception. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're, if you're in, in, in the business world, for example, and you pay all of your debts and you pay all of your employees and you, know, you do things by the book, you're going to have less money. <laughs> if you're a businessman and you know how to kind of dodge the system and kind of pay everything as late as you can and, and you know, like just constantly connive and yeah, you can earn more money, probably. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, that what's the saying? God doesn't pay wages only in autumn. I think it's some sort, of phrase, some sort of a phrase like that. You know, most of the harvest, the harvest is reaped in autumn, right, for those who aren't farmers. Uh, I saw a very confused face down there when you say, autumn, what's autumn? Autumn is when, <laughs> that's, that's when you harvest corn and, and uh, apples and all that kind of thing. Okay, so, so God doesn't pay only in the autumn. The point being that it may look like, it may look like evil prospers, but ultimately they're I'm trying not to use the, the word, but I can't think of another way of saying it. Ultimately, there is justice. Ultimately, there is. There is. The, the challenge that you and I have is when we experience some sort of a wrongdoing, when we've been hurt, our desire is to inflict justice or to decide what, what is just and to want to see that justice done in our way, in our time. That's human, mere human justice. That's, that's very, very dangerous. I was at a, a mission uh, not so long ago, and I met a lady who had experienced great hurt in her family. Someone had hurt one of her children. And she just came to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, I... I have no intention of ever letting that man go free. Now, not from prison, but from, from her own thoughts. You know, that he hurt someone in my family. He doesn't deserve forgiveness, so I'm not giving it to him. And you could see that this was actually eating her up. So I said to her, I said, like, forgiveness doesn't mean that what the person did is okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean that, you know, time has passed, so we've all gotten over it. Forgiveness doesn't mean that it's forgotten. Of course it's not forgotten. What, what happened was horrendous. Forgiveness means, though, that we give this desire for justice to a higher order. We give this desire for, for human justice to God. We give this desire for, for, for that person to get what they deserve. We give that to God. Otherwise, we hold that person or those people in this place of unforgiveness long after the event and maybe even long after the person has passed away and we're still being consumed by this desire for justice and it eats us up it can i mean it can ruin other relationships we're so focused on on this hurt that we we don't see those who love us we're so focused on on 
on maybe even getting revenge and orchestrating that things go wrong for this other person, that we're missing opportunities to love. And all sorts of other relationships can, can start to fall apart. Then within ourselves and God, and you know, we don't want God interfering with our plans to get revenge. We don't want God interfering with our plans to, to inflict justice on, on this person. And so it just starts to consume us. So that's, that's not, that's not, that cannot be the way of, of, of a Christian. You know, we, we see that, that, that hurt has been some, an awful, I mean, awful things, awful things that have happened to people. And people you know as well. When we say we forgive, that we're not ever condoning the action. Never. What's wrong is wrong. What's sinful is sinful and remains sinful. And as we said yesterday, the, the price of that sin was, was the cross. So whatever, like all these, the, the sins that we commit, like they, they are serious. So we're never, we're, never, we're never saying sin is okay, it's grand, you're forgiven. It, it doesn't work like that. Sin isn't grand. Sin is not okay. God is greater than it. God is more merciful than it, absolutely. But sin is never okay. But we must, as Christians, in order to follow the words of our gospel, obey the words of our gospel, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, we must release those people from their debt that's that's what we're called to do as as christians so a person has hurt me or a member of my family or someone i love or care about and there's a debt a debt of justice and as a christian as we pray every time they are father forgive us god our trespasses as we forgive others forgive us as we forgive in the same way that we forgive forgive us it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong statement. So I must release the other person, the aggressor, from their debt and give my desire for justice to a higher order, to God. And that's, that's, that's not normal. That's not easy. That's not human. This is a work of grace within us. So if we're not there yet, if we're not at a place where I can say, I forgive this person, then pray for the desire. God, give me the desire to forgive this person because I don't have it. I don't want to forgive them. Give me the desire to forgive them. And then we just take it step by step. And forgiveness isn't, it's not an event Forgiveness isn't, isn't a kind of a, a, a once-off thing. It, it does start with a, with a once-off decision, yes, kind of like marriage. Marriage, uh, there's a day, there's a time, a specific photo will be taken on the occasion where you say, I take you, for better, for worse, richer, poor, in sickness and health, all the days of my life until death separates us. There's a moment when that happens. Okay, so now, boom, man and wife. Uh, and this promise has been made publicly. Okay, it's just every day after that, those vows, those words, those promises now have to be put into practice, now have to be lived. There was a moment when it started, yes, but it goes on every day. And the same with, with forgiveness. There might be a, a day when I say, okay, through the grace of God, through the power of God, through his life, death, and resurrection, through the power of his blood, I forgive this person. Does that mean the memories go away? No. Does that mean that the following day it still won't hurt? No. 
we now have an opportunity to, to relive, reenact, reinvigorate uh, that first decision. And then in time, in time it does get easier. But this is our, our calling as Christians, and it's not easy. But we do have all the divine help we need. We do have the assistance of grace. And justice will come as justice does. We, we, we leave it to the Lord. Jezebel looked like she won. She got Naboth's vineyard for her weak, weak little husband, Ahab. She got it for him. Elijah prophesied that she would die a horrendous death. That the dogs would eat her body. And that's what happened. Now, it didn't actually happen for another 10 years. Uh, Elijah had to flee for his life after... Not, he, well, he didn't threaten Jezebel, but the prophecy was considered threatening to Jezebel, so she went to hunt him down. Elijah had to free, flee. His uh, successor, Elisha, uh, was the one then who, who witnessed uh, Jezebel's death. She was up, looking out a window, gloating at her various victories and sinful escapades. And then a couple of her eunuchs, her servants, pushed her out the window. And she fell. It was awful. And uh, hit the ground, splat. And um, then the dogs came and finished her off. So, there you go. So, <laughs> so, so, it's in the Bible, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so, 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 the point being, she looked victorious for an awful long time. And it all looked great, and it looked like evil had triumphed, and it looked yet again like the small little Naboth and his, and his you know, good, hard, the hard-working farmer that he was. It looked like, you know, evil had, had been victorious. But it wasn't. It isn't. It isn't. In time. In time, we leave these things to the justice of God. We're not, I'm not judging jury of anyone. We leave these things to God. And if a person lives by the sword, well, then chances are, they will die by the sword. If a person lives united with God, they will die united with him. If a person lives disobeying God and hating him, we pray for his mercy. But we entrust everyone to the mercy of God. I don't. It's not up to us to decide. So in our hearts and in our, in our wounds, we entrust or we give this desire for justice to God. That whatever needs to be forgiven might be placed in his heart and that the days that we struggle to forgive we might root ourselves in this knowledge that ultimately justice is in the hands of God and we trust him. Amen.